of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Kenny, our first guest today hasn't been with us in over a year now, or since last year, I guess you could say. And with that being said, we'd like to bring in Jeff Logan right now, 610 WTVN Columbus. Jeffrey, Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you guys. And uh, my goodness, what an incredible sports year uh, 2022 is. And uh, I guess uh, our game went all the way right to the ball drop. And um, I guess so. It went into 2023 for a moment. Boy, what a ball drop it was, huh, Jeff? Yeah, no kidding. Jeff, I, I went into that game with thoughts of, I think the Buckeyes can win. I don't know if they will, but I think they have a chance if they play a perfect game. And for about three quarters, Jeff, it, it looked that way. They, they played a perfect game, and then, unfortunately, they got blown out in the fourth quarter, 18-3, to and loses that field goal, misses by 20 yards wide left. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw in the Peach Bowl, the first three quarters versus what went wrong there in the fourth quarter? Well, you know, good question. I, I was so proud um, of the way this football team uh, responded to the opportunity to be able to play in this college football playoff and the way that they came out at the very beginning, I thought the uh, the play of our quarterback, C.J. Stroud, uh, a young man that could have easily uh, gone into protection mode for the National Football League, let it all hang out on, on, uh, on the field. I, I thought he was spectacular. And I think given the, uh, the injury situation that Ohio State went through, uh, you know, if we look at the loss of Kate Stover, I don't think we can minimize – uh, you know, having that experience and that toughness in the game. Um, the loss of Marvin Harrison Jr., um, I think, again, uh, created some uh, inability to create some separation. And how good would it have been to have him on the field there at the last moment? But I don't think you can ignore, and I think it's a good point, guys. Uh, you were in a position to be able to win this football game, and you needed to rely on your defense just to be good to be solid mm -hmm. and not give up the big play and once again we saw that problem recurring in this football game boy that's interesting too when you start mentioning these guys getting injured and you know kenny and i were talking about that about an hour ago but it kind of reminds me of when the buckeyes played florida you lose ted ginn on the opening series or actually the opening kickoff and then you could also look at this game and say it kind of resembled that Clemson playoff game a couple of years ago. You get a call here, you get a call there. Maybe a little bit of luck, and maybe you come out on top, Jeff. Yeah, you know, it, it, the what-ifs, and, and there yep. comes. It's, you know, Georgia had their hands full, too, with some injuries that they were going through. They lost a really good football player at the beginning of the season. And, you know, I, 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 I thought that they, they were solid in, in what they did. I thought their game plan was really good. They didn't panic. And one of the things that I talked about in our uh, uh, preparation for this game on Thursday night when we were doing our Bucks line show is that under Kirby Smart, since he's been there, this football team for Georgia has 10 wins when they are trailing or tied in the fourth quarter of football games. In fact, twice in this 
in this season, in 2022, uh, Georgia was either tied or behind going into the fourth quarter and came back and won those games. So uh, this was not unfamiliar territory as far as they were concerned. You brought up about fourth quarters for uh, Georgia and how good they are. Uh, The Buckeyes, in the two games they lost, the last two games this year, Michigan uh, and uh, Georgia, they were outscored 39-6 in the first quarter, a differential of minus 33 with the game on the line against their two best opponents. And my question to you is, uh, is that strictly on the defense? Does Ryan Day get conservative uh, with his play calling in the fourth quarter? What what can you put your finger on as to why they've been dominated by Michigan and Georgia in the fourth quarter of the last two games? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's stamina. I don't think it's an issue of uh, you know that our kids weren't as uh, physically prepared. I didn't see them shutting down or anything else. And I think it's failure of the defense and the momentum in the Michigan game. Just they couldn't get it back again. And I think it was a much different problem in the Georgia game. I thought the offense. Um, you know, came back and had a great opportunity at the end of the game to be able to win it. Uh, and I think their failure on, um, you know, the, the, the run uh, just before uh, the field goal attempt, uh, you know, to put them even further back from, from a comfort zone uh, was really uh, costly as far as that's concerned. But, you know, the gash plays, the uh, big plays um, in a game, that you cannot give those plays mm-hmm. up. And I understand being aggressive on defense and guys, I think if there's one thing that has to get fixed, it's not Ryan Day's play calling. Um, it's not necessarily the defensive calls that Jim Knowles was making, but I think we got to get better in the back end from a talent standpoint. And that comes down to recruiting or it comes down to the transfer portal. If we're going to be an elite team, we've got to be better in the secondary. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand trying to protect a large lead and not having help over the top. And you have single coverage. At times you saw linebackers getting beat downfield. Where's the safety at, Jeff? Yeah, I, I was a little bit concerned when I saw uh, Tommy Eichenberg lined mm-hmm. up on a uh, <laughs> having to cover a wide receiver all the way downfield, and God bless him for giving a great effort. But, you know, that's not a position you want to leave yourself in. So I think there's going to be some uh, discussions going on between Ryan Day um, and the defensive side as to what the – you know, the total uh, the package is going to be. But, you know, when you brought Jim Knowles in, mm-hmm. you brought in uh, a very aggressive play caller on that side, and he warned us from the very beginning that they might give up some big plays, but I don't think any of us expected to see the number that we saw this year. Jeff Logan is our guest right now, 610 WTVN Columbus, obviously a local legend, played at Hoover, played for the Buckeyes. And, Jeff, I want to talk about preparation before we talk a little bit more because when you look at this game, and unfortunately a 42-41 loser, you could also say that Ohio State may have played, especially against their strongest opponent, maybe their best game. But I want to ask you about preparation. From the time that you played, from that Michigan game to a Rose Bowl, what goes on, and why did this team play a much more disciplined game against Georgia than they did against that team up north? Yeah, it's interesting. You wonder if, they, if the pressure was off uh, kind of in this game versus in the Michigan game, and if we you know, just were so locked up tight that we just could not uh, finish that game in the second half. I, you know, I think this is uh, um, the million-dollar question, and one of the things that Guys, I think that was announced today on on uh, Sports Center on the on the uh, 
uh, college game day ahead of things, Kirk Herbstreet mentioned that Ryan Day has made the announcement that in going into 2023, he's going to give up play calling duty so that he can spend more time as a head coach manager of what is going on. Um, now, he did not make it clear who's going to take over play calling for Ohio State. Um, is that our own, um, um, you know, uh, it, some of the, some of the existing guys that are already there. I don't know where it's going to go, but Ryan Day has made it clear he's going to wow. become more of a game manager and not so much a play caller. <laughs> Does he have the phone number of that guy he can put on speed dial up in Cleveland? Give it to Kevin yeah, Stefanski. Tell him make the same decision there, huh? Uh, Jeff, that'd be interesting. Uh, the, yeah, the, I want to go back to Jim Knowles. Ryan Day makes $9.5 million a year. Jim Knowles makes $2 million a year. They brought him in. He's the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the country, I believe, okay? Uh, and, yes, he told us we're going to give up big plays. But my understanding of a coach, okay, is this. The coach's job, the manager's job, whatever sport it is, you're supposed to put your guys in the best position to win. And your point is a fantastic one that they don't have the talent on the back end. So doesn't Jim Knowles have to know that and realize he can't play the defense he wants to play because he doesn't have the talent to do it? Yeah, and I think that that's probably part of the Ryan Day, I'm going to manage a little bit more uh, what's going on so that he can uh, have the ability to be able to have some more say because it's ultimately it's his, his job, it's his deal, it's his football team. You have coordinators. You got to let them coordinate. You got to let them do the job. Uh, but on the from an attitude standpoint, um, Ohio State uh, ultimately it comes down to Ryan Day. This is his program, and they're going to play football the way Ryan Day wants it to be played. And and I think we'll probably see some of those changes on the defensive side. Obviously, we think it's a foregone conclusion. Your quarterback's going to the NFL draft. We can all agree on that. But Jeff, who else is leaving this team early and or graduating? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, with, with the COVID year, so many guys were able to get one extra year. And quite frankly, um, Ohio State and a lot of programs don't necessarily want to keep a lot of those extra year guys that are getting that sixth year if they're not, uh, you know, direct contributors because they want to have some scholarship freedom to be able to go into the portal and be able to bring guys in. So um, I think it's it's really uh, unclear. I, I think we heard from Steel Chambers that he is definitely coming back. Um, I think Tommy Eichenberg is one of those guys coming back. Uh, those guys I thought were really, really good uh, this entire season. The defensive line, I think you know we're going to lose Zach Harrison. Uh, that's a for sure. Uh, the rest of the defensive line I think is pretty solid. And from an offensive standpoint, guys, we didn't talk about the injuries that, that occurred in the running back room. How about the fact that, that uh, during that game against Georgia, we've got a true freshman in Dallin Hayden. We've got a walk-on, Xavier Johnson, getting playing time. And we've got a converted linebacker uh, playing uh, Chip Trainum, uh playing some of those downs. And if you think in the fourth quarter, the guy that was lined up at tailback most of the time and he wasn't going to carry the ball, it was another walk-on, um, and that was number 34 in the game. So, my goodness, mm-hmm. I mean, it's – I'll be curious to see what happens. Ohio State lost some recruiting battles uh, down the uh, the end of the uh, the deal. Uh, so I, it's going to be curious to what happens in spring practice. Jeff, I was talking to my cousin Jimmy right down the hall from you at WNCI this morning, and I guess the rumor mill's already gone. And he was in Atlanta. He went to the game, by the way. 
tampering right now? Is this a real thing? Are we hearing that teams like uh, USC and Lincoln Riley are tampering with some of the Buckeye players? Uh, Ibuka comes to mind. Fleming comes to mind. Have you heard any rumors that these guys are trying to be tempted to go elsewhere maybe for a season? Well, there are hardly rumors when you've got players like uh, uh, Ibuka come out and say that he has been tampered with, that he has been contacted by other schools. Now, he didn't name who they were. Um, nor did he go into the process, but uh, clearly uh, the uh, the rules associated with with uh, this whole transfer portal thing um, it's the wild wild west guys and Ohio State I believe and many of the schools are playing by the set of rules that were established in that you are not permitted uh, to contact players until they officially put their name in the portal. Uh, but I can promise you that there's a whole lot of that going on in college football. Happy to have Jeff Logan with us. Officially the first guest on the Kenny and JT show for 2023. Uh, nobody better to golf talk clap. Ohio State football. <laughs> he gets a golf clap for the uh, – when's the open, Jeff? Hey, proud to be with you guys. I think it is uh, it is so much fun to be a part of uh, what you're doing up there in Stark County and – and, um, you know, we still have lots of friends and family up that direction. So anything I can do to support it, I think, is great. And all kidding aside, nobody enjoys it more than we do. And we really appreciate it, Jeff. So thank yep. you again. Yeah, for all year long and uh, starting off 2023 uh, the right way. I want to get back to the, this Ryan Day giving up play calls. Is there any possibility he was named the national position coach of the year at wide receiver uh, in Stark County's own Brian Hartline? Is there any chance the former NFL wide receiver, now wide receivers coach with the Buckeyes, could be elevated from within to be the offensive coordinator, Jeff? Well, I, I think they're really proud of what he's been doing, not only recruiting, which is very obvious, but the development of players, and he certainly understands the game. Now, he, Brian Hartline's never been an offensive coordinator, right. never been a play caller, so this would be brand-new territory for him. But I think a, the guy is absolutely qualified to take on a larger role in what they're trying to get done offensively. And um, I think that uh, – uh, Brian Hartline is going to have a much larger role in the Ohio State program in 2023 and going forward. All right. We'll look now towards uh, the national championship game, Jeff, and, and this pains me because I go back to the Indians up three games to one. When you get there and you're knocking on the door and you should win and you don't, you don't know when you're going to get back, right? Buckeyes, in my opinion, should have won that game the other night. They collapsed in the fourth quarter. They lose. I think if they get to the national championship game, they beat TCU. A, do you agree with that statement, even though we'll never know? And B, who do you like in the game between Georgia and TCU a week from today? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was asked uh, all leading up to the game against Georgia how I felt about our chances against them. And and I really thought that this is a team that could play loosey-goosey and go in there and, and make things happen. Uh, I thought the key, though, was going to be able to uh, be able to establish some running game um, during this game, and we really didn't get that part done. And, and certainly the collapse of the defense was there. But I, I agree with you. Uh, beat Georgia, regardless of who we would have played in that national championship final, uh, whether it had been TCU or the team up north, um, I liked the matchup. I thought it was a, Ohio State had a great chance of being a amazing story for 2022 to be able to win that national championship. Uh, but now that it's Georgia against uh, TCU, um, I'm going to go off uh, the board here because I know that uh, I want to say it's like a 12-point favorite or something like that. Yeah. I like TCU in this game, to be honest with you. I think they got 
some magic going. I think they've got some some guys that can make plays. And uh, I really think uh, the TCU is going to shock the world and win this uh-huh. national championship. I'm not betting all the money on it, but I'm going to tell you what, I like TCU. You can if you want to. It's legal now in the state of Ohio, Jeff. That's what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing to me, too, because I was telling Kenny this earlier. Buckeyes, a lot of people didn't believe that they belonged because they got beat by, what, 22, 23 points or whatever it was against that team up north. But you make it in, there's only one last thing to do, with, and that's just to win it all. You could have snuck in there, and you could have came away with a national title this year. Well, it's amazing when you when you start out and you you say that you have three goals in the season, mm-hmm. and um, you, you know this team is going to be ten and two. What when it's all over and done with ten and two, eleven and two, something like that. Um, and Ohio State is going to be in a position where they did not achieve one single goal yep. that they set forth for themselves. Wow. And so, from that standpoint, you look mm-hmm. at it as a failed season. Yet, I can tell you that there's 129 other programs in the country. Yep that would give their left, you know what, to be able to be where Ohio State is right Amazing. now. And, you know, it's just, it's it's unfortunate, but also fortunate that the world in which we live in as Buckeye fans, the expectations are so extraordinarily high. Are they realistic? Probably not. But that's the world that we choose to live in. And so you didn't beat the team up north. You didn't win the Big Ten championship. You didn't win the national title. So it's a failed season. Isn't that amazing? That, this that, was a terrific season for Ohio State. Isn't that amazing, too? Because we talk about this okay. all the time. Would you rather beat the team up north or win a title? What if they would have won a national championship, Jeff, and lost to that team up north? Yeah. Um, you know, that would have been the, one of the best seasons in the history of Ohio State football. It really Here's would have thing. been. If you won the national championship mm-hmm. this year, yeah. even though you didn't beat the team up north, it still is a great, great season. Here's here's the way I, I look at it, and, and I'm different than you guys. You played there, Jeff. I, I respect your opinion, and you have a different perspective uh, being a, a part of the, the program. Uh, $9.5 million to Ryan Day, $2 million uh, to Jim Knowles. Uh, C.J. Stroud made the most money, reportedly, as far as NIL money goes, right? I don't think it is unfair to expect them to beat that team up north, win the Big Ten Championship, and win a national championship more than two times in the last 23 years, Jeff. I think Ohio State has failed uh, in achieving the ultimate goal if they want to be considered with the Alabamas and the teams in the SEC. You can't knock on the door beyond the doorstep and, and not get through that door and win a title. How do they get that done? Because to me, with the money that's being thrown around to the players now, as well as the coaches, uh, I'm sorry, it's almost like professional sports, even though these kids are 18 to 26 years old. Yeah, you know, I, I think it comes down to recruiting and, and, and talent acquisition and being able to develop kids here. And uh, Ohio State is going to continue to try and do it the right way. Uh, I think if they can get better in the back end on the defensive side, then I think that they can compete better at that level. Uh, but I'd rather be in the conversation than be one of those 129 schools that are not even discussed as having an opportunity to be where we are. And, and here's why I, I say it that way, and it's going to change maybe my perspective, Jeff, because you were one of four teams to have a chance. Now you're going to be one of 12 teams after next year, right? So more uh, opportunities for a TCU-type team that maybe wouldn't get in, so that lessens your chance. And that's why I say it's disappointing that the Buckeyes have only won this thing one time since they've gone to the four-team college playoff. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. We know we've been to the dance a lot of times, more than most other programs. And I think the only school that you can say that has excelled in this format has been the University of Alabama. Um, everybody else has been second uh, to what Alabama has done during that period of time. So um, I'm glad we got our uh, championship in that process. We'll take on what the Big Ten is going to become without divisions. Uh, we'll see what happens with a 12-team playoff. We'll see what happens with NIL. We'll see what happens with uh, the transfer portal. But I can tell you what, guys, the landscape is changing before yeah. our eyes. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, that's why, you know, maybe also maybe that's another reason why Ryan Day uh, is willing to give up play calls, not just to focus on the defense, Jeff, right? Because he's got to focus, hey, do I need to go uh, and, uh, you know, get more guys in the transfer portal? we got to make sure we don't lose a quarterback, a five-star guy in recruiting, right? It, could that be another one of the reasons why he's t- trying to take uh, on other roles as opposed to just focusing on play calling? Yeah, I think so. And I think Ryan Day has realized that this is a bigger job um, being the head football coach than any one single person can handle and <laughs> excuse me, and also be your offensive coordinator and play caller. So um, I think he's making the right decision. Um, I think Ryan Day's fingerprints will still be all over this football program. And I, for one, am proud to have him as our head football coach. I love the fire I saw from him. And I don't know if I didn't focus on him before, Jeff, in other games, but was that something new, something different from Ryan Day, That what the way he reacted on the sidelines throughout that entire game Saturday night? You know, he's always been a pretty emotional guy, but that was a level above anything that I have ever seen before. And I think that uh, Ryan Day was recognizing where they were, the opportunity, and, um, you know, the players feed off of that kind of enthusiasm. So um, I like the way that Ryan approached that, and, and uh, he gave us everything he had as well. I can promise you that. Jeff, again, I, I led with this. Is this the best game against the best opponent the Buckeyes played all season? Yeah, no question. And, um, you know, to, to uh, be in a situation where you had a chance to be able to win that football game, I'm not going to blame a kicker. My goodness, there were too many other plays in that game uh, that could have changed the outcome. And just to be able to be in that circumstance, to be able to be there, you know, we've got to get better. And, and I don't want to act like it, it, it's not important to win every one of those games. It is. Uh, but I was really proud of the way our football team played, especially as beat up as they were as this game went on. You know, it's hard to say, and you go into a situation like that, and Kenny said it a billion times, he hates losing more than he likes winning. And I look at a game like that and say, gosh, if I have to lose and have my heart ripped out on a missed field goal, I think I'd almost rather be blown out. What about you, Jeff? No, you know, I I like the idea of getting down to the bottom and having a chance. I mean, I want to go swing, and I – if, if, if the way I felt after that game compared to the way I felt after the loss of the team up north, two different feelings altogether. I was able to, you know, put my head down on my pillow after that Georgia game and know that our kids really busted their rear end. I didn't feel the same way after the Michigan game. 
See, I'm I'm the opposite, Jeff. I I'm like JT. I'd rather get blown out than have that chance. Win, lead that game. Uh, Kirby Smart said the Buckeyes should have won. Ryan Day said it. C.J. Stroud. To me, knowing I should have won a game and I didn't, whereas the Michigan game, I didn't think they deserved to win. This one would bother me more, uh, and uh, uh, I I have to live with it for however long. Uh, not just the kicker, everybody on that team that that didn't make the play when they had to make a play. Well, as a, as a player, I can tell you this, as preparation begins in 2023, and that has already begun, by the way, um, I can tell you coming off of this game allows you to prepare better than if the final taste that you had was the loss against Michigan. So, um, okay. you know, the attitude, the momentum, the feeling that this football team has in terms of being able to be there and know that they can compete, I think that they're going to be much better off. And, guys, by the way, the most valuable player. Um, for the for this game might have been my mother Gloria Logan, who at 92 years old later this this month stayed up for the entire game. God love her. How good is that? You know, it's, it was more important than that. She stayed up, but Amy went to bed about halftime. Now maybe that's true. But Glow made it all the way to the end of the game. So all you uh, people that decided to to bail out and go early, uh, hell with you. There you go. God bless you, and God bless her, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again somewhere down the road here, all right? All right, brother. Take care, guys, and go back.